0: Well, I don't know what's going on. Well, neither do I. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole problem. I, I thought you were going to say people virtual do, People, people like, don't tell AI me. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, It's
1: a hologram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know, you never know these days. All right. Well, we don't have long, so I reckon um, we'll get in. into it. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's start. Do it. Let's do do right it. You drive. I will drive. Here we go. Excited to start. Hello and welcome to Performance Marketing Unlocked. And this is an extra special episode because yes, we have Richard Hammond on the podcast today. He has come on with his managing director at Drive Tribe, Dave Murdoch, to talk about Drive Tribe, which has gone from being known as a fun YouTube channel to being a full-blown automotive media company. They're gonna be talking about unlocking social channels as a brand in their own right and how to actually connect to a community, as well as the importance of data, creativity, and how this all works within the social media algorithms. But before we begin, I wanna remind you that our Unlocked event is coming up. It is on March 5th and 6th, and it's what this podcast is all about. We are giving you a flavor of what to expect at this event with expert insights from the top in the industry. It is the most important performance marketing event in the UK. You do not want to miss it. So without further ado, let's begin the podcast. Welcome to the Performance Marketing Unlocked podcast. We have here today Dave Murdoch, Drive Tribe's Managing Director. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hello. And we have Richard Hammond, Drive Tribe's creative director, and one third of that iconic Grand Touring trio. Welcome to the studio. I'm
0: not really one third by weight, though, am I? I'm about one tenth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just—I don't want to be rude, but it's, thank you very much. I know. Don't know if you're disparaging yourself there, kind. or the other two. Oh, I would a little two. bit of both. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely.
1: Yeah, I think—I mean, I think I've heard you describe yourselves as all equally misshapen.
0: Yeah, I've always reckoned if you rolled the three of us into one big lump and then divided it into three equal parts, you'd have three reasonable human beings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. That's not
0: not possible. You make the
1: perfect team, then, in that That would work. Well, and we're also joined by Joe Arthur, senior news reporter at PMWW, and I'll be your host, Lucy Shelley. So let's get started with the podcast. I wanted to actually begin, because I don't know if you know this... Um, it's rather ironic that you've come here today because this is the company that James May was fired from. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, James May like me has been fired from pretty much every job he's ever had anyway. So I that, think that's a sign of true creative. It. There, isn't there's it? no blue plaque on the door because it's not a very special event. I know. Well, Him I was fired.
1: um uh speaking to some of our senior uh, members around the office and they have said oh yeah <laughs> I, I was here I watched him walk out the door <laughs> yeah. which I thought was brilliant and yeah so uh, I think he got, gave us some of the autocar mags
0: Was him. this the one he was fired from for putting a coded message? Yeah fu- Yeah okay Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Is, which is quite good It's quite good Yeah. We'd heard so many
1: different versions clever. of that story yeah. Um, so yeah it's was, it was nice to hear kind of the, the real one yeah, It's
2: a bit of folklore around the office sometimes yeah
1: Anyway so we are here to talk about Drive Tribe which is an automotive content production and marketing platform with over 10 million followers across all your social media you get 10 million views a month and Richard I've heard you believe that Drive Tribe is the perfect platform to look at and into a subject undergoing more change than at any time since its inception which I thought was quite a fitting description because marketing is also quite similar in that sense it's hugely changing Dave you'll know and this year is going to be bigger than any other. So without further ado, let's begin the podcast.
2: Yeah, we'll jump right in. Um, on that note of change, Dave, I'll start I'll start with you because it's something you mentioned previously. Um, you talk about brands looking for partnerships versus campaigns. You mentioned that uh, at the moment, brands seem to be looking for partnerships more so than campaigns at the moment. What do you think is driving that change? Why do you think that is?
3: I think there's, there's probably a couple of things, really. First and foremost, the growth is in the digital and social space, and I think brands appreciate that. So there's a natural kind of... Organic movement towards more spend in that area. Um, and then I think, I guess it's going through a level of maturity. You know, uh, the, the social space in particular is now, you know, years and years old. And actually, it's gone through its Wild West period, I think. they still exists, don't get me wrong. I think it's Elon still Musk makes it pretty wild, well, Western, quite, you know, <laughs> but the, I think in terms of kind of there are established um, channels and brands on those various platforms. And it's become, I guess, more of a A safe space for brands Um, and certainly you know what we're seeing is they want less transactional relationships with those um, brands like ourselves Um, you know they want more deeper embedded intertwined kind of relationships which allow them I guess to take advantage of the um, of the credibility and the community that we've built up um, and other channels um, you know in our space one, I'm going to steal a, a, a phrase that one of our clients used back to me, probably about six months ago, that talked about a trust transfer, which I love. I'm going to, I'm going to, I've coined it as my own. But essentially, it's, it's a new industry, but well, right? quite, yeah, you know. And, yeah. and I may say that a number of times in this pod. But the, um, you know, what they are looking for is that transfer of trust from uh, brands like ourselves, where we've got a community of people who watch our content you know hundreds of thousands if not millions every single week on various different um channels and they trust us implicitly because we deliver great entertaining content to them and if a brand can kind of weave themselves into that in a native way and it's quite difficult to be able to achieve but you know it, it's not not impossible um it's really there's a lot of depth to it and there's a lot of uh, brand value that can be ach- established by that um so you know we're seeing words like Omnipresence and kind of you know brands that want to be the synonymous kind of uh, whether it's a tyre brand or aftermarket product with Drive Tribe so that the audience automatically thinks of that brand when they think of Drive Tribe um, and it's really exciting because you know again it becomes less one dimensional for um, publishers and and the brands that they work with and deeper you know and and more exciting because they want to take advantage of every facet of the
2: business and every opportunity they can. Well, and DriveTribe, you mentioned, it's not only got its online channels, but its offline ones as well with Drive DriveTribe Live. And that's a really good place, I suppose, where brands and consumers can sort of interact in that, in that space. Uh, absolutely.
1: Like- we, we mentioned before we started recording, actually, this kind of magic that we're kind of seeing now. And I think especially when we're connecting the online and the offline and these uh, the consumer relationships with brands, um, you're looking for that experience and that value, that trust transfer. Do yeah, you that's use it, your it? word? You've I mean, stolen it. <laughs> oh, they oh, yeah. oh, you so
3: I had it for <laughs> about
0: five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you've now said it. That's what so happens in this way. industry. <laughs> yeah, go, that's good. I'm. There's going to be decks everywhere, everywhere now. <laughs> Do you think part of that relationship you were talking about and the, the, the depth of that... Um, possibly it's helped by our origin story which i'd love to yeah. say we did it on purpose <laughs> <laughs> but like everything in my life uh, particularly business-wise it was an accident um but it was it was built as a community first mm. and it has that feel so our relationship with everybody who consumes our content that's what we led on mm. uh, it's not hung on one particular face it's not hung on me or any of the other people it's it is its own thing um and we built it as a community from the outset, and it spent its first few years. And Dave was there from the start, almost the start. Yeah, yeah it, it spent its first few years focusing on that, and that that's why we enjoy that relationship outward, which means that's what people can
2: tap into. An interesting sure. thing for me, as someone who's sort of seen a bit of Drive Tribe's content before, is the way that you have sort of integrated the drive tribe personnel beyond just yourself. It's very odd to sort of see someone usually behind the scenes come forward and have a bit more of a sort of personality presence within the content. Yeah, I mean, Mike like Fernie
0: is, is on pretty much everything we do yeah. as well. And <laughs> yeah. it's the, the, for me, the most telling, I'm mean, bearing in mind, I'm not going to speak to the whole marketing thing of it. That's what Dave <laughs> I just did the nice, simple stuff. Um, but uh, back to that community point, when we did our first live event last year, and that was a, another example of something that I'd been thinking for a while, I think we should do live stuff. But I don't know why I think that, and and how we tend to work is I'll sort of float a thing to Dave. Dave, is, is it a good idea that we? <laughs> maybe do like live things. And he'll, oh, I don't know. And then he'll come back to me and explain to me why it is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, that's what I was thinking, is it? Yeah, that's that's what you were thinking, Rich. <laughs> um, but when we did that first live event, and you'll remember, we had the stage and I mean, there wasn't a massive crowd. We, we, we were very... We're always conscious of being you know, pulled along by opportunity. So we're always we're always quite lean and hungry. We didn't want to overdo it. We didn't want to make it too big. It was the right size to start. And when we stood on that stage, and there they all were, drive drivers. And I remember saying, this is so weird. It's like I've known you all, and you've all known each other for all these years. And now look at us, here we are all together. And mm-hmm. it felt fabulous community feel to it, which I think permeates everything we do. And I think people can see that we have that relationship, and it's important. And that's why people behind the scenes are seen. You were on stage. You weren't brilliant, but... I literally told people where the toilets were. <laughs> <was laughs> an important, <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> important thing <laughs> to say, especially yeah. anyway. <laughs> at a live event like. To be fair, Dave insisted, I'll do all the boring stuff. Yeah, take the oven away. That's where the fire exits. <laughs> um, but, and again, with our partners, our commercial partners, they become part of that. Yeah. Um, and that's because we are gathered around a subject we're gathered around all things automotive and, and which remains know, very much
2: at the heart of everything absolutely yeah.
0: and it's a, a very changing world so it's mm. there's it's it's dynamic as a result it's dynamically unstable more happens mm. um so people want to gather around and talk about it and whether they're gathering around as an enthusiast at home us who are in the thick of it or somebody marketing some specific product or service around it we all want to get together because we've got a lot to talk about mm.
1: That's what it seems like, that's what the brand actually is. It's the community, it's the people, it's the love for the same thing, rather than...
0: We're very much a portal to it, yes. and that's what we've yeah. always wanted to be and what we've worked very hard to create. We're not. That's why it's not hung on one particular name or face. Mm. Um, it is its own place, and you can gather there... And gather around a very exciting, changing subject commercially right now. Whatever your position, your relation to that subject is, which makes it yet yeah, a talking place.
3: And that's where brands really like it because we're again, it's a really highly engaged, really um, authentic and loyal community that is growing. Um, you know, all the time, um, and it allows them to put their products and services in front of those people. You know, whenever, wherever, um, wherever the, you know, and, and multi. Um, Multiple different kind of media,s and whether that's kind of online or offline now, and, and that's you know the, the the key thing about the event was giving audience the opportunity to kind of look and feel um, our cars and often the people as well. But <laughs> no, the, that, that came out wrong. But then the, <laughs> I'm but just saying. But I don't then remember then, that bit. But then the um the the, the the other side is obviously with the people there, the brands want to be there, and and that's where kind of you know you can tell some amazing stories online, and you can create some amazing content. And then you can take that and position that in a live event, and it's 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 incredibly powerful. You know, we, we saw that with, you know, Ineos and, and Bridgestone, where their content kind of came alive at the event, and you know, it's I think there's a lot of brands, uh, there's a lot of equity that's built up yeah. around that.
0: Do you think as well, in an increasingly digital world, and it's so powerful, it's so fast, bearing in mind I also run a production company, a TV <laughs> production company, and they cannot believe the pace at which these guys work. They're insanely jealous. Wow, but, really? Oh, because we'll, we'll often all get together, so we, I have like a barn that we all we'll get together in. Um, and the TV guys, you, you, you'll come up with an idea, a project, and you'll work it up in a development department, and you'll... You'll hawk it around sometimes for a year and a broadcaster might like it but they're not in a position financially to commission it but they don't want anybody else to have it so they'll stall it. It's really tough whereas these guys will sit around and think hey this is a good idea Dave is this a good idea? Yeah. Do you reckon somebody (laughs) might want to would anybody want to sponsor that or get involved? I'll go find out and within a week it'll be done and on. That's brilliant. TV can't believe oh
1: it's fabulous. It's a process because we were talking about earlier about um, you've now in-housed everything and you don't outsource anything and that must make that journey even shorter as well you can just come and try things and experiment much quicker
0: It's, I mean creatively again I can't speak to all the clever stuff he does but on the creative side of it oh god yeah it's the speed Mm. it's also being able to try stuff Um, we have a very forgiving audience they're they're, they're, they're sort of along with us Um, and we get feedback immediately and that step's absolutely priceless but I suppose where I was going was that in that digital space where we can act at that speed mm-hmm. where we can you know the creative can be just bosh. here we go let's make it um, but in that digital world people love the physical reality of it and it, it, it so when we had that first event we, we, we did film around it we're doing another one this year we will create content around it because it's letting you Letting us know that it's real, it exists yeah. in the three D world, yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. people want that. Brands want that. People well, it's want the biggest to be thing real. is
2: like a community. Ultimately, whether you're at it from a brand perspective, a consumer perspective, it's just fun to be a part of. And Absolutely. when you come together and have those live events, you put faces to names. You get to create. You know, you get to sort of. Um, Grow those connections you have into something that's a bit more it's tangible. That,
1: that glass screen barrier, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And at, consumers, which everyone
0: at, wants. At the risk of saying something, I'm going to shut up a minute because this is this whole conversation it's is abo- it's it's above has... it's above my pay grade. I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but I just want to float something that, again, from my soft, cuddly media side of things, um, as regards the marketing aspects of what we do, which is what we've become, it's what we are now. Um, that content, that information, that stuff we're bringing to our followers, our people, they want to know. So I'm, I'm, a keen runner, and if somebody's in the pub telling me about a new pair of trainers that will give you X, I want to know about that. Tell me about so the hocus. get in, in 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 the market, in in the in the automotive world, especially when it's as fast changing as it is now, we don't know what it's going to be in twenty years' time. I do. <laughs> Generally, people don't. Um, that information—it's information. It's, information. it's mm. stuff people want to hear about. It's, it's there's everybody's winning. Somebody wants that information put across, but the people receiving want to know about it. So that that kind of feels good. It's it interesting that,
1: that you thing. try and um, uh, deny your position in this podcast and say that you know I I, I don't I don't know as much as David, but. That has been said on this podcast so many times by people in marketing. So oh, I she's think- copied. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just listened to one percent. I'm going to hit that line. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, That did work. Well. I was yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. it's an insightful thought. That's one that props well, up a lot.
2: It yeah. But It is props- true. It's, it's yeah, you yeah, want yeah.
0: that. I want to hear about this stuff because it's, it's it's around my enthusiasm, yeah. my passion.
1: Well, exactly. And I think especially you know we're primarily focusing on performance marketing. It's very data driven, very digital. Uh, and then, you know, there's the brand marketers, which, you know, you could probably argue you kind of both sit on both sides of that, you yeah. know, in that kind of way. And people that come on and they say, I'm not a performance marketer. Why am I here? Why yeah. am I here? They're I
2: always like, wrong when they say that. They well, always are. I try and justify <laughs> their
1: reason to be here and then I tell them why they're here. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, if you're measuring any success of anything, you're effectively a performance marketer.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, all brands want some element of performance uh, output. You know, whenever we do a campaign with anyone, they're looking for what the effect that has on their business, whether that is a, you know, how that affects their brand positioning or the perception or whether it's just straightforward. Well, how many sales do we get out of this? So there's always an element of performance with whatever marketing we, we experience anyway.
2: Yeah, measurement scopes differ, but ultimately yeah. measurements at the core. Of yeah, Exactly.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, speaking about measurement, let's go on. And we do ask all of our guests something that is overrated and underrated within their industry. So, I mean, you can take this as broadly as you like, but let's start with overrated. We've spoken about some of the underrated, you know, the uh, the live shows and the, that digital and physical barrier that we're breaking. But overrated in terms of video and content production or connecting with your communities. What doesn't work? What's done too much and what are people relying on that they really, really shouldn't?
3: I, st- I still think that in our space there is a massive over reliance from brands on uh, glamour metrics on and you know things like mm-hmm. subscriber numbers, um, you know how how many followers you have and things. And uh, we find that you know our, our Facebook group is incredibly well followed, um, but actually the engagement isn't nowhere near as high from those other niche um, well niche channels. But also you know our YouTube channel is incredibly engaged. Um, uh, you know, in terms of proportionality, but so I always find it—it's a bit odd to keep seeing our numbers against other people's numbers, and that to be a possible reason for people making decisions. I guess um, you know, I, I I certainly think what's I guess the, the flip side, what underrated, what's underrated, is the value, the quality of the audience, and the engagement level, and you know how again deep you what the you know in terms of kind of sentiment that they're producing, all these things that are not incredibly tangible, but and and not as measurable but um are there you know view counts king um engagement you can you can track and you can you can look at and really get a sense of that community i i, I honestly think that followers and um subscribers are almost um irrelevant sometimes um so that's what i would say i'm is most overvalued from from what i see um and then i guess what else in terms of kind of what else we're saying potentially um the emphasis that in the automotive industry there is i guess any new toy that comes along tiktok's one of them um i think that that is really it's always very interesting and for us it's it's viewed as a extra um distribution channel you know we, we look at it as a well this is great if we can get some more audiences but again, it's drilling down into the value of that audience. It's drilling down into kind of what people are actually doing on the platform and how relevant that is for A, for us as a brand, but also our the people that power our brand, which are the, which are the advertisers. And that is something that we are, I'd say, is in the holding pen at the moment. Um, and we're still evaluating how strong that is. Um, And I think that that is often a little bit overvalues um, those kind of, you know, uh, those channels in particular, just off the the top of my head there.
1: Yeah. No, I think I mean, it's interesting to hear about um, channels as well, because I know that, you know, you have a large following across all different social platforms. But we would like to talk about kind of the leaning on YouTube and how that served your community um, and helped you transform the business. I mean, maybe we could talk about actually the uh, transition you've made from... You know, a content platform to now like a marketing, media, production, full house, trying to do as much as you can, kind of platform as well. I mean, what that, what's that transition been like?
3: Well, it's been it's been quick. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. I think if we were sitting here talking probably only 18 months ago, we'd say we're very much a social publisher. We have you know we hang everything off YouTube and we distribute via our um, various kind of social channels. I think now what we say is that we're a bit of a automotive kind of media powerhouse because mm-hmm. what we did is last year we made the call to bring production in-house and so what we did instead of setting up our own production unit we had an incredibly good um outsourced um we outsourced to a a business called um, century creative who produced like the premium quality automotive material they were responsible for all of our video and what we did is we we brought them in-house so we acquired that business and we did it for a couple of reasons one was to um, was to control our own output, so obviously to be able to keep powering the channel with as much video as we could, to be able to scale that as much as possible, but also to be able to offer all of our brands that we work with and, and the market, um, white label video solutions, um, to the same level of quality and engagement that we get on Drive Tribe. So, you know, whether that's kind of how-to videos for people's own websites, whether it's full kind of car launches, which we've done for uh, for brands, you know, on their own kind of channels, um that made perfect sense for us. And again, was an organic kind of uh, evolution of the business. And then what we decided to do was, as if that wasn't enough last year, we decided to launch the DriveTrop Live. And, and that was very much to leverage everything that we had uh, built on social, that community, that engagement that we were getting, and to be able to deliver that engagement and give them something to, again, something tangible that they could go and look and feel and be part of. Um, and it was a runaway success, and and we now have this this great business where we've got, um, you know, full in-house white label video production on one side. We've got marketing, mass distribution, and content creation in the middle, and then you've got kind of talent assets that can be leveraged, and that's mainly kind of the vehicles that we have, and then also live events. So so brands again, what that allowed was for two things. One was the audience were able to kind of get involved in more things, which was great for them but brands also could come with us and come with where the audiences were in more ways. And that, again, plays back into the original question of they want access to all of that, not just, you know, little bits and bobs. And they do, there's tactical marketing here and there, but in the main, they want to be intertwined with the brand like Drive Tribe. Um, and we're giving them the opportunity to do that in a way that feels very um, organic to the, the growth of the brand. Um, and so it's been, you know, it's been quite a a busy year, to say, to say the least. But, you know, and, and we're growing each part of that business um, as we go and looking for more opportunities as well. So um, we we'll continue to kind of, um, you know, see what else is out
0: there. I think when those first jobs started coming in, where we're acting as a creative agency in those instances, where people are they're judging the, the quality of the content, mm-hmm. they don't want distribution. And that's fine, because mm-hmm. that, was, that was a significant moment for us. Mm-hmm. We know we're good at what we do, and the, the data tells us we are. Um, and people watch our stuff because it's well made. Um, but for for partners to be coming to us to commission white label stuff, as you call it, did I get that one? Yeah, you know, that's right. I yeah. Just do that. In. <laughs> um, that was really Like you got your teacher
1: here just yeah, checking so, your work. Use, as you use, said. use Trust Transfer. <laughs> yeah. Use Trust Transfer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I can't
0: <laughs> think of how to get it in. I'm gonna try. Is it
2: is it a bit of a balancing act when you you sort of you bring in those more like business to business offerings for, for um, partnerships, but then also being conscious of making sure the consumers and the viewers you've got in that community remain engaged. And I guess Drive Drive Live's another offering on that front. Um, Richard, you mentioned data and how the data, what the, what the data is saying, but is it a bit of a balancing act between how much stake gets put into data versus creativity? How do you go about finding a, that a happy has, medium?
3: That's become so relevant for us. Mm-hmm. Um, there is such a balancing act to be done between uh, creativity and what the data is is showing, um, and it's 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 you know it's a tricky um, tightrope to walk because essentially all creators base their initially base their um, channels on kind of what they want to produce themselves or what they think people all Um, watch, so it's gut feel, you know, it's not based on research papers or analytics, they just kind of create channels. Um, And we based ours, you know, solely on kind of gut feel about what Mike would come up with, what crazy ideas Richard would come up with, and what we were able to kind of film in a way that kind of, you know, allowed us to to produce as many videos. But now you know, ultimately you're a slave to the algorithm, right? You've got to play the algorithm game and you've got to understand more and more of what audiences are doing and what YouTube's doing and how they're changing things. Um, And it means that you've got to look at creative and then look at data and actually change things almost, you know, we we put out videos and they just run away successes. And Sometimes you go, well, it's just because it's great creative, but sometimes you look at it and go, why? Why did that happen? Um, and there's nothing kind of again tangible that you can look at and go that's why, and then you can copy, rinse and repeat. It's more of a um, you know humans. You know obviously what data you can't rely too much on data because mm-hmm. data doesn't take into account that humans are unpredictable and they might just be watching something for some for, for no apparent reason that just then gets scale again gets onto the the YouTube kind of you know uh, blows up and all the rest of it. Um, so. We 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 view both as super super important, and actually, what we're finding in our space is that there are now almost everyone's got a department on each side. You've got creative over on one side who are you know looking at how do we entertain our audience, keep our you know what's next kind of thing, and then on the data side looking at all of the data points possible. And I think it's still limited in terms of what you can do. There is there's really interesting um, new technologies and AI that's coming in that you know may well give us more access to kind of you know why humans interact the way they do on social media um but marrying those two is super important um and if you can get that right um uh, you know there's some brands that absolutely nail it and some brands that think you know the opposite way they go let's think thumbnail title first and then the video second because it's all well and good if you've got an amazing video but if you don't get the thumbnail and title right you know, no one's going to watch it. Particular
2: trip. strength of drive, tribe, tribes. I think looking through the YouTube. Oh, oh I've true. been through <laughs> some of the
0: arguments when they're discussing them. It's absolutely terrifying. It's <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> the most intense I've ever seen people be. Honestly, no. do you have oh, much say I, there, Richard? Because it's often no, yourself that it's up none there. Whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, neither would I want to have. Um, no, I'm very, very. I mean, David said I'm very like to actually drive tribe and have to be, um, because every single they're, they're great at what they do. Um, but no, I wouldn't go near thumbnails. I wouldn't even suggest anything. I'd be too shy. Because it would be wrong. It's an art It'd form. It's an absolutely art form. Um And even,
3: you know... A job sh- in and it of itself. Uh, yeah. It is. And, and, and we very much have a, have someone in, in-house who, whose job is to create, you know, thumbnails, titles, and, and make sure that as the videos go out, and as you can see the views either, you know, falling a little bit or, or rising a little bit, to make changes to those thumbnails and titles as you go, and the, the the changes you can make, and the difference you can make to the performance of those videos just through those those really um, you know small things is incredible.
1: It's um, yeah, it's mental. I mean, I, I hear other kind of YouTube creators talk about this. I mean, it's basically you have to judge a book by its cover yeah, kind mm, of thing. You yeah. know, you people. It's the same as a you know well, a book cover, a magazine cover, anything that you're going to pick up and yep. dedicate your free time to. You want to know in a split second whether you're going to be Absolutely. clicking on it, watching it, reading it, going to be interested in it. And I mean, so I know you've spoken about how data and creativity can feed into each other and work. But I'm reading a lot at the moment about uh, people thinking that algorithms and trying to work towards these algorithms is harming creativity because you're producing content or output that will succeed with any social media algorithm i mean do you find it harms creativity in any way
3: it's well it's a balancing act for sure um i think you can still be super creative um and you know play the algorithm game i think it's again i understand why you know why it exists and it's difficult though because you know one minute you'll be told you know this is what YouTube in particular is is pushing so you create kind of assets based on a video based on what YouTube is saying it's pushing you do just that and it bombs and that's where it's it's a real tricky um call because you've just you know spent a lot of resource and time creating this thing that you thought was going to do really well um and it's 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 tricky it, it's you know it's an, it's an evolving thing we're constantly looking at you know data and what we're getting out of kind of YouTube and what the what the algorithm's doing and how it's manipulating kind of content and what it's pushing and what it's not and, you know, and, and new products that it's launching that are meant to be the next big thing. Um, but ultimately I still think the creative is probably the most important. Um, you know, ultimately people are there to be entertained and, and you've got to produce entertaining material. And I think Drive Tribe's really good at that because we tend to be, lean on obviously Rich's kind of um, heritage of, Entertainment first, Metal second, um, and that's kind of where we, where we position ourselves. Um, and I think we do quite a good job of, of doing that.
0: And I think in terms of algorithms or anything else, any creative process needs those parameters, limits, boundaries stepping off points because that's where you end up somewhere you wouldn't otherwise be if there's no brief whatever form that brief comes in whether that's a brief directly from the person sitting next to you via an algorithm directly from potential consumers it doesn't matter there has to be something to go for
2: and you you need something to spring off Uh, so yeah just feed it in does your approach richard to i guess your sort of creative Take, or I guess, like sort of on camera behavior change depending on the project you're involved in. When you're thinking about something like Grand Tour versus a Drive Tribe video, and is it like a is it a difficult thing to make, or do you just try and remain as authentic as possible? No Authenticity is
0: important. I mean, d- don't forget as well, we're gathered around a subject, um, and people are incredibly perceptive. They will know full well if it's not authentic. Um, but in terms of manner of presentation, no, I think we've created again. I'd love to claim it wasn't by accident, but we have claimed (laughs) it's an incredibly nice place. Uh, That sounds ridiculous, but we certainly learned that again when we did our first live event. It was like one of those really nice parties where it doesn't matter where you stand because you're always going to have a nice conversation with people. And it really was. That's just happened. And I don't know how. And it becomes a self-fulfilling thing. It's got its own momentum now. Um, so we 've ended up with we 're a nice bunch drive tribers I mean the broader drive tribe community, so that does feed in i wouldn 't introduce as a, a host of something on it massive cynicism. Mm-hmm. it just wouldn't sit right it doesn 't sit right in where we are um so yeah i yeah, i I, I, mean, I
2: think it's it 's authenticity is the key thing yeah, yeah, I wonder if at the end of the day you can tagline drive tribers one of Richard Hammond's better accidents. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nice. laughs> <laughs> okay. you've been sitting on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it,
0: well, it was an accident to a point, and then Dave. Well, when you became MD, that was just hilarious. I'd been thinking quietly. I think Dave should MD this, but I don't know. Am I right? And then you don't mind me saying, Dave, because you, you were commercial director in the old mm. shape of it. He he just ran me, Rich. Um, Look, I, I think I should be MD. I want to pitch it to you. Like, yeah, OK, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then it was... Uh, we did it over Zoom. It was COVID times. It was like somebody got in my head and, and organised everything. And what were just stupid creative ideas to me explained why they might work. Mm. And one of them was including making you MD. But oh. the point being, when you began... Um, it's, it's not it's not entirely by accident now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, what we're doing now you've is, got Dave synthesise I, yeah, yeah, we, we I might have I somewhere. might have had a big accident at the beginning <laughs> uh, but then it's, it's been largely under control since then we yeah, do I mean we do think very carefully about direction and shape and form and reason for what mm. we're doing
3: it is, it is a space, though, that you know it, it's so fast paced that actually opportunities just present themselves all the time, and it's great. Um, you know, and you never know what's around the corner. So, our plans for you know two, three years' time may never come to fruition because well, what's absolutely
0: what they, glorious is the subject itself, all things automotive, is undergoing colossal change. And there's there's we are about to enter a monumental phase of discussion around. The broader public's realising we can't go 100% electric for everybody. It's physically impossible. China won't release the rare earths we need. And even if they did, even if we continue the current trajectory, and I saw a graph the other day, um, by 2050, the majority of cars will still be internal combustion engine globally and that's inevitable that's even if we manage to continue on the current trajectory which at the moment we're not going to because we can't get the materials to build these Mm -hmm. things so we have to accept they're going to be around there are fossil fuel fossil free fuel options Mm. that can run internal combustion engine car synthetic fuel is a big bugbear of mine that's going to be the way we need it or we can't have fully electric anyway my point being massive swinging changes coming to that industry and it's an industry that our buying decisions as consumers that's the second biggest thing after our house not just in terms of purchase but carbon footprint our our contribution to what the world is going to do to get us out of the current situation so we need to be informed so the subject undergoing massive change but at the same time the means of communicating around it is undergoing the same change too when i started in the media 30 six years ago, uh, there was no internet at all. Um, so the means of communicating, sharing content, interacting with brands, with clients, with individuals, with people, with groups, communities, are also changing. So there's never been a more exciting time to be doing
2: this. No, no. And especially Everything's moving. When you look at it from that sense as well, I guess you carry some level of responsibility to be informed too in that sense. I
0: think as individuals we do. I think we we really, really do. And at the moment we're plodding along with a very narrow, blinkered view of it. And we're... we're not a conspiracy theorist, but we're we're but. we are we're well. I'm, really, I'm not conspiracy theorists. but it comes to conspiracy. No, I'm I'm genuinely not. But we are being sold for a vast raft of reasons, um, a story that can't happen. So we need to be informed because anybody looking to buy their next car choose their next car or how they use these are the biggest decisions you're going to make in terms of your contribution to how humankind can turn around and avert a disaster so yeah it is our it is our duty to be informed about it. it's really important it's more important than than lots of other things mm.
1: Well, I mean, it's a huge thing. And I think from what you've spoken about Drive Tribe today, it seems like Drive Tribe is this pub. It's this yeah. pub where people come, they know who's going to be there, they get on with anyone That's we,
3: we actually, You actually accidentally called it a pub once instead of a hub.
0: Oh, yeah, and I, I, I was oh, like, and I thought it made total sense. Yeah. So I
3: was like, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. It's a pub.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's, it's a pub where, to bring it back to some kind of performance marketing, you have your brands, your consumers, the community, all gathered there because they love the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important to be informed. As, lo- as much as we'd love to continue and sit here all day talking about this and ta- talking about we don't know what's around the corner, it's the Resell Me a Pen Challenge. So we have come to the end of the podcast and we get every guest to do this. And so this challenge is a, a twist on uh, the Wolf of Wall Street Sell Me a Pen Challenge. And we task our guests to resell an outdated object that has been updated with a newer technology and for this extra special episode, we have chosen the ever-famous Opal Cadet from the Top Gear, yep. Oliver, yep. we called him, in yep. the Botswana no, I special. I did call him
0: because that's his name.
1: <laughs> because oh,
2: that's, that's why he's Oliver called Oliver. Oliver recently had yeah. a bit of a, got redone, did he? Yeah.
0: yeah, he did. Yes, for Carfest. And also now has a girlfriend. Olivia.
2: Pre-Africa yeah. spec, I yeah. believe, is yeah. what yeah. I said.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's one of your smallest cog, your other... other
2: yes, thing. absolutely
0: right. Um... The workshop, which interestingly drive drive markets, so <laughs> it, it's a hideous circularity to <laughs> it all, isn't it? Yes. Um, but yes, it
1: is. So, I mean, are you ready? Who are you both going to be doing? He's a sell, he's commercial. Well,
3: he's I'll take I'll out. take the where I think we'd pitch it and why, and I think, and then mainly because of content reasons, I'll give Richard ten seconds to come up with a content yeah, yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm sure that's a content good. idea. Oh, right. OK. Okay, okay. Yeah, because well, the
1: challenge right. is the challenge is is uh, to remarket it yeah. to yeah. today's audience. Yeah, yeah OK. So I can do that. I'm, I imagine you won't find this difficult.
0: Dave, leave me five seconds. Okay. Go.
3: Well, I think this is quite a, a nice one because I think what it's already, it's got a foundation in, in and obviously it's in for me with Richard. So I would remarket this as a vehicle which is all about uh, the spirit of adventure because I think that we can take that straight away from the, the, the heyday of Top Gear and what Richard obviously went on. I'd use this guy over here as my fronter, I'd use Oliver. I would absolutely kind of recapture the magic and the spirit of what happened in uh, in Africa all those years ago. And I'd very much target the Baby Boomers, Gen Z, uh, Gen X and uh, Millennials. And I would absolutely uh, go to town on, on partnerships with the likes of Drive Tribe, possibly old Top Gear. Uh, and I would create some awesome content, again, tells the stories and shows adventures with this car and how much fun it is. And the way we do that in terms of content is... (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, I think you're absolutely right, adventure. It's small against large, it's also a car that um, is a car forever. Because uh, you don't need to keep climbing the ladder of something ever more impressive. That actually is signaling to the world I care about simplicity, adventure, fitness for purpose, and I'm over time. But <laughs> <laughs> you gave the two seconds. We had pre- had some amazing
2: have content. Seconds. We had some amazing content ideas. Yeah, but... Well, I mean Diamonds are made under pressure, and then yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, out of the amount of times we've done this, we've done, I don't know, 50, 60-odd episodes. This is the first time that someone's actually used their own company in their sales pitch. Which, <laughs> see, that's yeah. why well, oh, so he's the man. That's that's like he's why. the MD. <laughs> yeah, I wish
0: you'd been on that pitch. Rich, I want
2: to be MD, and here's why. Okay. <laughs> there is no choice. But I love the take of a car forever. It's a good way to resell yes, something well, you don't, as well. You don't need to
0: keep climbing the ladder, you see, with a more impressive
2: one. You can stick at that.
1: Well, Joe, up to you. What do you think? Have they resold? Oh, well,
2: I mean, I always had a bit of a soft spot for Oliver, largely because when I was watching that Botswana special, everyone made so much fun of it and I felt a little bit bad. For him Richard. <laughs> so I quite enjoyed seeing yeah. it as well sort of be repurposed to its um, pre-Africa spec. Um so, yeah, with that pitch, I get it in a heartbeat, but I will caveat that with prior to the pitch, I probably would get the car in a heartbeat anyway. Yeah. It's an easy sell to sell it to someone who already kind of wants it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, to be fair. Okay, well, let's let's class that as resold. And that is all we have time for. But thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, talking about DriveTribe, everything you're doing, and, you know, the kind of how you connect to communities and everything else. Pleasure. Thank to, you for having it? us.
0: Absolute pleasure. You'll find we don't mind talking about DriveTribe.
1: <laughs> yeah. <'cause we>, yeah. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. We're yeah. loving it. We're proud of it. It's <laughs> great fun, if you want to find out more about the news and trends of the industry head to performancemarketingworld.com world.com to find out everything you need to know about brands agencies platforms ad tech providers everything you need to know about performance marketing industry the full video of this episode will be available on our website so make sure to subscribe to be the first to see it when it comes out i am your host lucy shelley multimedia editor at pmw thank you very much for listening goodbye